This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. On this Wednesday morning, August the 3rd, 2022, looks like another nice day here in the Midwest, lots of sun, nice weather, it's going to be a hot one, 92 today. Hey, thanks for joining our Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. If you haven't subscribed yet, run over to AffirmAmerica.com. 2,000 Mules still playing over there. Check it out. All right, these are your top five headlines for this Wednesday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. Jerry Nadler urges Biden to forgive student debt because of COVID and monkeypox. From Katie Pavlich, President Joe Biden is expected to make a decision about the cancellation of student loan debt by the end of the month. Since taking office in January 2021, Biden has issued a number of extensions on payment moratoriums, and the left of his party is demanding he reallocate the cost to taxpayers. But now Democrat Jerry Nadler is arguing Biden should reallocate the payments to taxpayers because of the monkeypox outbreak. Matt Whitlock, this is a weird one. Not sure what monkeypox has to do with getting working families to pay for rich kids' grad school student loan debt. Well, this is exactly why you just don't vote for Democrats. I mean, Democrats are they're just strange. They have no real center of gravity. They're just out there in left field, floating around in space, and making ideas up in their minds that really have no relevance to the reality of what's going on with our economics, the trillions of dollars of debt that we've incurred as a result of this reckless spending by the Democrats. And the fact that Jerry Nadler is trying to use monkeypox as a reason to forgive student loans, I don't know, guys. If you're a Democrat and you're voting for these guys, you need to uh, go check your values. All right, headline number four. Republicans have a large showing at gubernatorial polls. J.C. Post, Derek Schmidt wins Republican nomination for governor in Kansas primary election on Tuesday night and will face incumbent Governor Laura Kelly in November. Kelly easily won the Democratic nomination for governor in Kansas primary election with 95% of the vote over Richard S. Karnowski. Schmidt took approximately 80% of the vote over challenger Arlene Briggs. From the New York Times, Tudor Dixon, a conservative media personality with the political backing of Michigan's powerful DeVos family, won the state's Republican primary for governor on Tuesday. She will advance to the general election against Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a first-time Democrat who was on the short list to be Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s running mate in the summer of 2020. So I heard Dixon's uh, victory speech last night, and uh, she looks like a pretty good candidate to go up against uh, Whitmer. I, I really like her. She's uh, spunky. She's got. She's very, very strong. She's very committed. 
She never gives up. And I think she's a good candidate to go up against Whitmer, who is a crazy cat lady that has to go. She's the one that's creating all the problems in Michigan. And she's corrupt as a $3 bill. And it's time for her to be replaced by a conservative governor up there. We can clean up some of their voting rolls, get that state back in uh, ship shape order. Kudos to uh, Dixon, and uh, she's going to be a great candidate to run against uh, Whitmer. All right, headline number three. Marriage bill sits in Senate. Democrats unwilling to bring vote until enough support secured. From the Washington Times. Many of the same liberals who continue to complain about the Supreme Court's June 24th decision overturning its 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling on abortion, citing its 49 years of precedent, hypocritically had no similar qualms in 2015 when a bare majority of justices took it upon themselves to overturn 2,500 or more years of precedent in Oberfell v. Hodges. That was the ruling that threw out the traditional definition of marriage, which until then was all but universally recognized as being between one man and one woman. By judicial fiat, the five legalized same-sex marriage nationwide. From Yahoo, the U.S. House of Representatives voted on July 19, 2022, to enshrine same-sex marriage into law with a bipartisan vote. All 220 Democratic representatives voted in favor, joined by 47 Republican colleagues. The Respect for Marriage Act, as it is called, would repeal the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act, a federal law that defines marriage as the legal union between a man and a woman. The bill faces an uncertain fate in the closely divided Senate, and so far five Republicans out of 50 have said that they would vote for it. Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has said the Senate will vote on the bill once it has 10 Republican votes. Okay, so who are these five Republican senators that are going to vote for this bill? Well, the first one is Senator uh, Susan Collins from Maine, is the uh, primary GOP Senate sponsor of the bill. Also, Rob Portman from Ohio, who is... uh, Retiring after uh, the end of this term here as uh, J.D. Vance is taking that seat here in Ohio. That's two of them. The third one is Senator Tom Tillis, a Republican from North Carolina. And then there's Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. And also Senator Lisa Murkowski, Republican from Alaska. So I can see where uh, Murkowski and Collins would vote for this. But I'm a little bit surprised with uh, Rob Portman. And some of these other ones, Tillis voting for that, especially Ron Johnson. I'm very surprised at that. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to give their their offices a call, and I want you to tell them to vote no on this bill. This is something that's, you know, overturning 2,500 years of tradition. We all know that marriage is between a man and a woman. And just like uh, the abortion issue for them to come in and make that constitutionally rights is against our Constitution and the idea of changing the definition of marriage also. So the the switchboard number is 202-224-3121. Contact those uh, senators and tell them to vote no on this marriage bill. Again, that telephone number is 202-224-3121. Call them today. You can leave a voicemail message. Just uh, call. uh, When you call, tell them which state. So you got Alaska, you've got Maine, you've got Wisconsin, you've got North Carolina. Call those states, you got Ohio, and uh, just tell them you want to leave a message for 
those senators. All right, headline number two. The ACLU advocates for colleges to focus on race-based admissions. From the Daily Wire, in the name of equity, the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, announced on Monday that it supports allowing colleges to racially discriminate when deciding the admissions of certain applicants. The ACLU reported that it had filed amicus curiae briefs in two cases before the United States Supreme Court, Students for Fair Admissions versus President and Fellows of Harvard College and Students for Fair Admissions versus University of North Carolina, both of which challenge whether or not higher education can legally consider race in its application approval process. The ACLU, we filed an amicus brief today urging the Supreme Court to protect universities' ability to consider race in college admissions. Ending these considerations would ignore our country's present-day racial inequality and threaten diversity on campuses everywhere. Journalist Colin Wright, the ACLU is actively promoting racism. They no longer care about equal rights for all individuals, only the rights of certain groups. This is a very dark path to start down. Post-millennial commentators pointed out the hypocrisy of the ACLU's decision to advocate for affirmative action, a policy that allows colleges and universities to use race as a factor in admissions decisions instead of using merit alone. This practice disproportionately discriminates against Asian Americans due to their race and ethnicity in favor of other races. Okay, so this is the slippery slope of the far left. We can see how far the ACLU has gone. They used to be uh, much, much more moderate, but now they've become very radical. Now they're actually using races as a method to push their agendas. And this is going to be thrown out by the Supreme Court. This is, it's going to end up going to the Supreme Court. This is crazy. You just don't, you, you can't do things based on people's races. That's why critical race theory and all of these, these ideas, this indoctrination that's going on in the schools and the universities is completely in opposition to our Constitution. And it's by design, it's by deconstruction, it's by the critical theories that have been perpetuated throughout our universities coming back from the early days of the Communist Party infiltrating our nation to break us down and to push their totalitarian dictatorship of communist socialist ideology. All right, headline number one. The DOJ sues Idaho over abortion ban in first legal battle post-Roe. From the Wall Street Journal, the Justice Department on Tuesday filed a lawsuit challenging Idaho's near-total ban on abortion, setting up the Biden administration's first legal battle over abortion access since the Supreme Court in June overturned Roe v. Wade and eliminated the constitutional right to end a pregnancy. The lawsuit says Idaho's abortion restrictions unlawfully conflict with a federal law that requires hospitals accepting Medicare to provide emergency treatments, which can sometimes include abortion. Quote, if a patient comes with an emergency room with a medical emergency jeopardizing the patient's life or health, Hospitals must provide the treatment necessary to stabilize that patient, end quote. Attorney General Merrick Garland said, This includes abortion when that is the necessary treatment. 
The law has exceptions allowing doctors to perform abortions to save the life of a pregnant woman or in cases of rape or incest that have been reported to law enforcement. It explicitly excludes cases in which a physician believes that a woman will harm herself if the abortion isn't performed. Penalties for providers who violate Idaho's law range from two to five years in prison. From NBC News, in a statement Tuesday, Governor Brad Little, a Republican, said he would work with Idaho's Attorney General to defend the state law in the face of federal meddling. Our nation's highest court returned the issue of abortion to the states to regulate. End of story. End quote, Little said. The U.S. Justice Department's interference with Idaho's pro-life law is another example of Biden overreaching yet again while he continues to ignore issues that really should demand his attention, like crushing inflation and the open border with Mexico. So the, the Biden administration is just infested with these radical leftist administrative officials, these high-appointed people like Merrick Garland, who's just far left. He's just uh, so bipartisan. I hope he's impeached day one after the elections. He's a terrible attorney general. Up and down the Biden administration, he's just a complete failure, a complete loser. These are just some examples of the things that his far radical left administration has uh, perpetrated on the American people. And uh, I hope everybody uh, realizes this and we have some energy strong energy going into the midterms so that we can make sure that we take back our country by voting these radical far leftist socialists out of office and put in some common sense middle of the road american patriots all right those are your top five headlines for this wednesday morning august the third thanks for joining us on the affirm america podcast we'll see you tomorrow morning thanks again have a wonderful day God bless y'all. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.